from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine, and everything in between, this is Legends Look Back. Very excited to be back in the cockpit, ready to do some Star Wars podcasting, joined by some fantastic friends of mine and yours. It's the internet. Hey, we're all friends these days, right? And what's especially exciting is we get to begin with talking about my very favorite Star Wars property of all time, because a couple days ago I got a message in the the team chat, a message from my good friend of yours, Rick Grace, that said, I just finished Dark Empire, and Jared, I have a question for you about what I should read next. Rick, congratulations, my friend, on finishing the very best Star Wars story there ever was. Thank you. And how much did you love it? Oh, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I wasn't sure what to expect. I mean, other than lots of uh, Palpatine nudity, uh, which was <laughs> there, that. way more than I thought. Uh, <laughs> this is just wait. Th- you expected a lot, and there was still way, way more than you thought. <laughs> I knew that there, there was there, like, but like, I was surprised. There's one that it's like. I'm not going to get too detailed there, but uh, yeah, there's like a couple sp- spots that I like almost couldn't stop staring and wasn't sure, you know, what was uh, <laughs> what was going to be on the next page. We'll put it that way. Um, so yeah, it was really good. Uh, I will say the first few episodes kind of took me some getting used to getting into it, but by the fifth and the sixth issues. issues, yeah, sorry. By the fifth or sixth, you got this, thank you. Fifth or sixth issues, I was hooked, and it was great and very like emotionally moving. Like it was a good story. Yeah. Um, and Jared, the question I had for you was, well, wh- what do I do next? Like, is the rest of the trilogy like is it is it good? Is it worth reading? Or does the story kind of peak there and then plateau? What happens next? I have thought for three full days, Rick, about how I'm going to answer you on this. <laughs> and my decision is, I'm going to quote to you at least as best I can from memory, what our good buddy Jacob from the Cosmic Force said when he read Dark Empire 2. Hmm. He said, and I think I've got this at least close to right. Jacob is here with us in the chat. Maybe he can fill me in on his exact response. It was something like, Dark Empire is a 10 in terms of Legends wackiness. The crazy, wild, uh, you got you know Palpatine comes back from the dead, the big vacuum cleaner planetary destroyers with <laughs> legs, and I'm bleeding. Okay, um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's absolutely nuts. Dark side Luke, you name it. Uh, the Vodo Siask Bosk, like an elephant Jedi trapped in a cube. Mm, mm-hmm. It's absolutely bonkers. And he said, Dark Empire Two takes that to a twelve. What? So not that it's a better story, but that it takes the craziness. Hmm. To a whole new level. Do you think that's a fair assessment, Freddie? I would say so. Yeah, I would definitely say that's the case. Uh, it, it, it. I mean, it's, it's wacky. You know, you know what I feel like was was trying, what was going on. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to word this because it's, it's a very odd situation. But I feel like they try to be over innovative, making yes. a lot of different things that really didn't need to exist. Right? I feel like you could have had maybe two different ships, but no, 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 no. Dark Empire did not want to do that. They uh, gave it the full, the full treatment, full legends treatment. Ten out of ten. Uh, it's number Twelve two, out of ten. Twelve <laughs> out of ten. If you read the the sequel, which I recommend you do, Rick, so you can just see what's waiting on the other side for you. <laughs> it, it does form across the entire trilogy. It does form a complete story. Um, it follows up, and you, by the time you get to Empire's End, like you're dying to know what's going to happen. How are they going to finish this off? Hmm. It so. I don't know that I can say it's as good, but it is excellent. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very biased with all this, but <laughs> Rick, very proud of you. Very excited. We are going to have to talk about a different Star Wars book tonight. We are going to have to transition into what we're here to talk about and what we have. Our very special guest, oh, point, there it is, mirror image, uh, here to help us talk about the Han Solo trilogy by A.C. Crispin. So without further ado, let's get to it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast for people who swoop their bikes and their hair, mm. <laughs> where we celebrate our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I'm joined by my legendary co-hosts, always on time, impeccably so, Freddie C. How are you, Freddie? Doing all right. Uh, does Do you know what the name of that 
moped in the Mandalorian was called or uh, Boba Fett. I wouldn't mind having. Oh, one of those. those little tricycles that the the right the candy apple red ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the bike gang. Yeah, the the, the mods, <laughs> right? That that's their name, yeah, which yeah. which is cool because in what was it the UK at the time in the sixties they they were they were the same name the mods and they were doing the same thing in scooters. So that really? was a pretty hmm. cool little throwback there. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of mods, we are joined by our man in the chair, pressing the buttons, keeping us safe, <laughs> a moderator of a couple of Star Wars Facebook groups, Rick Grace. How are you, Rick? Beep, boop, beep, boop. I'm good, man. Pressing all the buttons. <laughs> Glad to have you doing so. Yes. Not pressing my buttons, though. Dreams. Always happy to have you here. Personality assessments. What else you want? <laughs> Perfect. Not Star Trek. Please don't say that. Oh, yeah, that one too. We do have a very special guest tonight. Please don't scare him off, Rick. That is Dr. Charles Henkel. He's fresh off of butt-kicking, taking names, charting names, and then bandaging said butts. Oh, look. How are you, Dr. Henkel? Eric Eric Uh, Eilerson. We got the wrong... Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. I I am Eric. Uh... No, I'm, I'm sorry. good. I'm good. I, I will not live up to Eric. I, I can promise you that. But I am stoked to be here. I am stoked to be here. <laughs> I have no what? idea what happened. That's so strange. Before the show, <laughs> what, we were looking at a, at a bumper. And there you it go. Was, uh, there it is. It's fixed. And uh, what was it called, Jared? We were... We were uh, Look back legends. Is that what it was? Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, the opening panel. We've got the, new sh- the show times up at the top now. Mm-hmm. And at first, it, our own... Show title was wrong. Look back, <laughs> legends. <laughs> but we got it right. We got it right, just like we fixed Charles's name. Man, amateur. I don't know how you just did that. How'd I don't you fix either. It? That was so quick. <laughs> well, what happened was I put his lower third in his regular scene instead of the nameplate scene, and so I went to guest nameplate. Yeah, yeah, I still lost had you. Okay, Eric. Yeah, okay, yeah, you lost yeah. me. <laughs> so what happened was, but yeah, that is. Legitimately, one of my very favorite expressions in the entire English language. <laughs> what had happened was because you know there's always going to be a good story after that. You know what else? Yes, has good stories. I do. Yeah, there we go. Bank Here camp. we go. The Essential oh, Legends Collection okay. Wave Four, bank camp. which was just announced yesterday. Is that right? Yesterday? Mm. Yeah, it was like this week. This week. This week. Yeah, definitely this week. Very exciting. Freddie, tell us what we got here. Yeah, so we've got uh, Wave Four. And with Wave 4, we're getting the Kratos Trap by Michael Stackpole. So that's, uh, what is that, number four? Three. 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 Three in the the series. Uh, And this next one... Charles knows his X-Wing lore, that's for sure. That's good. Mm. And then uh, this next one, Darth Maul Shadowhunter by Michael... Look at this cover Mm. by Michael Reeves. That is beautiful. And uh, number three, number one favorite of all time, I think one of our first episodes, Death Troopers. Mm. Episode zero, Freddy. Episode zero. The undead episode. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Schreiber, uh, author on that one. Honestly, this is this is a, such a great wave. I'm glad to see Death Troopers making the cut here. All right, let's go around the let's go around the horn. Charles, you're our guest. Let's start with you. Favorite of the three books? Oh, like content wise or cover? Up to you. Don't care. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Kratos Trap. Uh, I admittedly have not read Darth Maul. I have read Death Troopers, and that's a that's a that's a story and a half right there. But I am a big fan of the X Wing <laughs> yes, series, and I like the cover how they have like the the different colored eyes for uh, Isard there. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely good pick, good pick. Um, my choice is no surprise. Darth Maul Shadowhunter is, yeah. without a doubt, one of my all-time favorite Legends books. I was about to and say. And the more I hype it, the more I really hope everybody else likes it half as much as I do. Are you a fan of Lockdown or Shadowhunter? Or both? That's a big debate within the Legends community. Yeah. I like both. But Shadowhunter is my favorite. Yeah. What about you? Um, You know, I definitely like Lockdown, but there's something about Shadowhunter that I just really get into. I don't know how to describe it. It, it Maybe it's just... <sighs> The flow of the, the... It's compelling. It is. It it's, really is compelling. It's like, it, <laughs> yeah. ah. I know we're not doing a Thrack and Thrift Store tonight, but I just want to show off this uh, mall lockdown hardcover that Jared Ooh. passed oh, on. Oh. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's a beautiful Hold on, book. I passed on that. Yeah. I don't have that. Yeah, how'd you get that? <laughs> you passed Are on you it. giving him his books? Uh, no. Oh, I didn't pass on. Timothy, <laughs> Timothy, I yeah. passed on Passed it. on the opportunity to get it. I think you said you could get it somewhere else cheaper. And I was like, no, you can't. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I've I've tried to uh, rein in my spending until after celebration. Ah, okay, Same. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because I've got some big plans. Yeah, you know, it's I'm very excited, very excited. Yeah, but we're just gonna keep it chill because not everybody here gets to go, That's and we're true. not gonna freak out. <laughs> not gonna freak out. All right, uh, Rick, which one of these three is your favorite? Which one are you like oh. most excited to read for the first time? Yes. Or um, we are getting, by the way, an unabridged production for the first time mm-hmm. ever of mm-hmm. Darth Maul: Shadow Hunter. Yeah, and I'm so excited. So all of these are pretty great. Um, I think I Death Troopers like that one is like spooky, but it makes me want to read it. Uh, but I think my favorite is Kirito's Trap. Um, for the I love the color scheme they've had with these books, and I'm really excited that you know they're gonna look great on the shelf. What is it? Blue, red, and now green. And uh, yeah, Isard, Rysard, her eyes, man, it's so good. I love it. So I think that one's my favorite. You know, the unfortunate part of all of these covers, which is the same thing for every book, is the fact that we never get to see the full cover the whole time. We always have to put the spine in, right, et cetera. There's a whole whole method, of course, of that. I'm not going to get into that with Jared. But there's a thumbnail of the cover on the spine, so you can see the cover image. It's small. Mm. It's it's a thumbnail. It's not supposed to be big. (laughs) Whose thumbs are that big, man? Here's the thing. Finally, we got a green X-Wing book. Yeah. You know who would be happy about that? Cornhorn. His favorite color, green. <laughs> Painted his ship green, wears green Jedi robes, has a green Whistler. droid. Mm-hmm. Is his Whistler or is uh, Corrin's, is, is Wedge's Whistler? No, it's, it's Corrin. It's Corrin, yeah. Wedge's Minoc. Minoc, yeah, because wow. he's like a Minoc. I have so non-stop. much useless information in my brain. <laughs> so much useless information. I'm going to have more after we read the Essential Legends Collection Wave 4. You guys want to hear something really tragic? Definitely. I forgot to pre-order Wave 3. Oh, man. So I don't have them yet. I don't know if I have Wave 3 either. Uh, everything's... I think my ELCs are still in boxes from Waves 1 and 2, so I don't even know what I have anymore. We'll get there. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. It's going to be okay, everybody. You've got time. As of listening to this, though, as of listening, there is a 25% off pre-orders on Barnes & Noble. Don't tell Corey. That's not like one of our... Uh, um, affiliate links, but if you want to pre-order, I did Ooh. save me twelve dollars hey. on all three of these earlier today. Now we've got some really big news, Charles. You announced this Monday night on the Living Force. What do we have coming up here on a few weeks across the Utini Podcast Network? That's right. We have Kenobi Week coming, guys. I, I think I referred to it as a super event. That's <laughs> how I'm just going to refer to it moving forward. I so like we it. are we are honoring. Obi-Wan Kenobi himself and his upcoming Disney Plus series by every show in the Utini network doing some sort of feature about the character. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited for it. Uh, this is pretty much why I'm on this earth. This is why I was born, Kenobi it's Week. why you're here. Mm. Exactly. It's going to be good. Wink, wink. I'm awesome. uh, very excited. Very excited. Yeah, we're going to do a full week of content. Ideally, if it all goes according to plan, which you've got to roll those chance cubes and hope that uh, Qui-Gon gets them to bounce just the right way. If all goes according to plan, we're going to have content live on Utini. What is this website called? YouTube.com slash Utini <laughs> every single night of the week mm. for Kenobi Week, mm. which is in just a few weeks here. Uh, I should probably get the dates in the notes for next week. <laughs> that would help. Yeah, that's fair. Stay tuned. It's, uh, it's coming real soon. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. For our particular show, Freddie, tell them what we are going to be reading here on Legends Look Back while I look for the date of the event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're uh, we're you know what? There's there's some stuff on here. I'm not even sure which one I'm supposed to cover here. Uh, <laughs> on Legends Look Back. Legends Look Back. There we go. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be reviewing the Kenobi book by John Jackson Miller. On Thursday, so we've we've talked about it before. It's it's a book that honestly deserves more episodes. There's so much that happens, and it's going to be interesting to see how how this book coincides with the release of what we're about to see. Right, uh, possibly during celebration. I think time is TBA still. Hmm. Um, no, they've got a date for it. I don't have it in my calendar. It starts right when we're at celebration. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Friday because they, they moved. They bumped it like two days or something. The twenty seventh. Uh, yeah, because yeah. now it was supposed to be the twenty fifth, I think, and now they're releasing two episodes on the first day to make up for the fact that they pushed it. It's going to kill us, that's for sure. 
Then we're going to have to come back from the dead all slimy and naked, like naked Palpatine. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's coming out. The Smooth Kenobi show parts. is May 27th. Poised. The, the, <laughs> okay, thanks, everybody. Yeah, really drove home my metaphor there. <laughs> Kenobi week here, YouTube.com slash Utini is May 15th through 21st. So mark Great. your calendars. Block out your week. Don't make any plans. Pick up your copy of what was the date? Kenobi by John Jackson Miller, May 15th through 21st. And then uh, Monday, they're going to be reading, uh, no, what is that? Wednesday, they're going to talk about the Kenobi comic. There's all kinds of fun stuff that's going to be happening here, Kenobi-related. So much content. Very, and shout out to this dope poster that Jose made for us. Mm-hmm. It's that just a, pretty. a pure coincidence that it's the Ukrainian flag colors. <laughs> uh, Charles, very you timely, must be excited. Though. I am excited. I mean, I, I, I'm kidding a little bit when i say it's why i'm on this earth but it's top three reasons i'll tell you that it's it's uh it's my favorite character it is this this tv show that's coming out it's like around my favorite time period for the character and uh i think he's he's finally getting his due Mm. absolutely i'm very excited i can't wait for a true sakura week Mm. yeah freddie that's (laughs) gonna happen for sure yep it's on the list it's a week that i'm going on vacation i think (laughs) Charles, uh, Rick and I have both ordered custom-made Jedi robes, mm, nice. just so we can look half as spiffy yes. as you do in that uh, mm-hmm. that opener for the Living Force. I'll have to dust mine off. I'll have to bring out my, uh, I have a cardboard cutout, a full life-size cardboard cutout of, of Obi-Wan Kenobi as well, Nice. that I think I got uh, as a gift from one of our Utini Christmas awesome. deals what? that we did. Did I you really? Even, yeah, I can't remember who got it for me now, and I feel bad. Um, but I, I love it. I've scared the crap out of Nicole with that thing multiple times. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, Michael, Michael got me for Christmas two years ago, a Stormtrooper cardboard cutout, which I had in the background quite a bit on Legends Look Back. And my cat friggin' loves that thing <laughs> and has torn the edges to shreds. She sunk her little teeth in there. So it's, they're looking more like those uh, Death Troopers, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> they have been through it, and we're going to get through it tonight as we talk about the Han Solo trilogy. So, Charles, we're talking about the Han Solo trilogy by A.C. Crispin. This is infamously back when we started Legends Look Back, before we had ever even recorded that episode zero about Death Troopers, Freddie. <laughs> I asked the team, which was 12 people at the time, now it's 31. Wow. <laughs> I asked the team... What is a Legends book you'd like to come and talk about on Legends Look Back? And this was 2019. Charles chose The Paradise Snare by A.C. Crispin. And then we did not choose him when it was time (laughs) to read The Paradise Snare. Charles, this is your moment. Tell us why you love the Han Solo trilogy by A.C. Crispin. Oh, man. Three three years later, uh, there were so many... So many better options than what I chose way back when. Uh, this this book, admittedly, is uh, I'm sure y'all will appreciate this. It is important to me for m- nostalgic reasons. Honestly, I mean, I do genuinely think that this is a, an amazing trilogy. I'm glad that that y'all have dedicated a couple weeks to it. But this is the first Star Wars reading I did. Period. Like I oh, still wow. have this vivid memory of going into. Barnes and Noble. I'll get goosebumps here just thinking about walking up to that Star Wars section, and uh, and I was looking through all my options, and I happened to pull Paradise Snare. I mean, I I looked through several options. I saw, hey, this was a book one. Hey, it's Han Solo. I love Han Solo, so I'm gonna give it a try. And it, it didn't hurt that there was like a Liger on the cover too. You know, uh, that that probably influenced me a little bit. Um, and uh, and I just I adored it. It it really is a big part of why I am still a, a Star Wars fan, still a Star Wars books fan. Why I'm part of Utini. Um, and like I said, I, I just think they're good stories too. I think they really do Han's story justice. His backstory it makes. I think it makes his character in the original trilogy make a whole lot of sense, and I love that. So Charles, you're telling me. Okay, go ahead, Freddie. Yeah, this is a this is a, a question coming from someone who hasn't really dipped too many of their toes into the uh, canon canon franchises yet. Just but. like two and a half toes. <laughs> yeah, like not even that, like a toenail. Uh, <laughs> so, how does this compare with how 
Han is being portrayed in canon. Now I know that there's there's a lot that they're talking about, like the the uh, Jedi previous to what we saw, right? And and some other stories. Are we seeing any Han Solo related content in canon right now? Oh, in canon right now, um, there really has not been anything recently. There, there's been like a big push in terms of prequel content. I feel like recently, and then obviously the High Republic just took over like the past year Mm -hmm. so um i mean i really can't think of anything han centric in canon since we had things related to the solo star wars story film like when we got most wanted when we got last shot those are kind of the last projects that i would say are like han centric there's about to be a comic coming out uh just started yes is is starting there's been a big delay with comics a lot of them got pushed like a month six weeks uh i think it's called Han Solo and Chewbacca. It's like a, one of those real original mm. titles. Yes. Not a Legends title. <laughs> What's it if about? It was, if it was a Legends title, it would have been Star Wars, colon, Han Solo and Chewbacca, colon, Hero's Journey, colon, Book 2, colon, The Mission to Thon Boca. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> volume 1. <laughs> part, volume 1, Part 1. Right. Not um, to be confused with another line named about the same thing, just mixed yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> right. An exact, a book with the exact same name, but two words are a different order. I love that. Absolutely. So you're telling me, Charles, you picked this up without the help of utini.com. How did you find a Star Wars book just randomly looking at the shelves? Listen, it, in the old days, you know, your mom drove you to a, 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 a big My box mom store. drove you to the store? Yes. Uh, it was purely <laughs> thanks to Jared's mom. Uh, this is this really is a, a throwback '90s podcast, isn't it? We're dropping you mama jokes. <laughs> uh, yeah, you would go, you'd go to the big box store, you would walk into this giant section, and rather than than be overwhelmed by the glory of utini.com and its timeline, you would just stare at this gigantic shelf of every Star Wars book that had ever come out for that point. And uh, and it was, I think it was Murray. Like I said, I think it was. It was the Liger who uh, who really swayed me to choose this one. It's awesome, Merg. Shout out to Merg. Or how do you pronounce it? Do you put like an extra little purr in there? I, I remember I, Charlie I say, put a little sauce on it when she was on the show. I hold Merg as long as Vader holds the no at the new <laughs> end of <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> all I can do is picture the meme that has the O's all the way around. <laughs> And circle around in the middle. Uh, I don't know if we rated these last week, guys. Did we rate them? Did we give the trilogy itself a number, a numerical score? I'm going to give it a solid nine. Hmm. Solid nine as a trilogy. I think book one is the best. Book two is the the hut loriest. <laughs> so if that's what yeah. you're here for, you know, that's the top of the list. I will say I was entertained, but yeah. grossed out equally <laughs> both. Hmm. And then the, book three is it's got a what's like a, a triumphant finish it's epic an epic conclusion mm. but a little bit disjointed book one is the most cohesive so as a trilogy i'm giving it a solid nine freddie you're up what's your score yeah and, and what's and what's the best book of the trilogy to you you know uh i i i'll never forget reading hut gambit and just thinking i i really really did not need to know all of those things but at the same time <laughs> i'm glad i do you know, I never know when I'm going to have to use it. And, and here we are on Legends Look Back years later having to use the same knowledge. So it's clearly come in handy. But I, 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 would, I would have to agree with you. I think Paradise Snare is definitely the best one out of the series. Although I had a hard time really putting them all down. Once I got through it, once I started reading, I, I just kept going. And uh, I, would, I would say... On my list, it's it's probably not as high as a nine, but it's not far. I would say it's about an eight point seven, only because of Split. a little bit of the disjoint disjointedness, and uh, sometimes you get thrown around and and you have to kind of go back and where am I? What what happened again? <laughs> At least that's what I had her, to do. But uh, her attempts to include every last little bit of yeah. expanded universe lore that was created up until lot. that point <laughs> is respectful. Yes. Of the, I like the way Skuma Joe said it in the Discord earlier. It's respectful of what had come before, but it gets to be a bit much. Yeah. It does. It does get to be a bit much. All right, Rick, what's your score for the Han Solo trilogy? Um, so I think for me, I'm going to go a different path for y'all. Um, overall, I'm going to give it an eight, I think, on the trilogy. Um, 
Still, still liked it a lot. But y'all, I liked. We all laughing at. I just read Scooby Joe. Wrote butt lore <laughs> instead of instead of hut lore. Oh dear. In the chat. Oh nice. Butt lore. There you go. That's what we're here for, everybody. Um. Save us, Rick. All right. I, Back on the rails, just, my friend. I can't read the comments right now. Those are too good. Um, yeah. So for me, uh, Paradise Nair. Um, I give it a seven. Uh, it was good, but weird. Um, Hut Gambit was my favorite book of the trilogy, and so it gets an eight, solid eight for me. And then Rebel Dawn is seven point five. I love space combat, so that yeah. the Battle of Narshada, uh, Narshada, uh, and Hut Gambit was. We'll accept either one. Yeah, yeah, was so so good. I love that that uh, that sequence. It was so good. So. Um, the whole trilogy was really good. I've got so many thoughts. We talked about last week and more tonight, but yeah, um, eight overall for a, me. I had a feeling you were going to like Hut Gambit, especially you know the the space fighting is obviously fantastic, but also you're definitely a person who likes those manuals and uh, mm. in universe content, and I feel yeah. like Hut Gambit really delivers on that. <laughs> it's basically a manual to the Hut Kajitic yeah. warfare. Yeah, that, that was having. that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> knew it yeah that's a good score i'll respect that i'll respect that yeah. it does hut gamut does build to a classic star wars space battle finale mm-hmm. and i do appreciate that mm-hmm. do appreciate that charles what's your overall score for the trilogy and what's your favorite book of the three i think i'll agree with your nine uh jared i i have to say that uh you know, you guys invited me onto the show to talk about this i was really excited and i was like man i'm gonna read every one of these books over again in two weeks time to get ready for this. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I didn't, and I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to read, I'm going to read the paradise snare because I've got to read the beginning. Right. Uh, and, and, and I didn't, and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to read the first few chapters of paradise snare. Um, and, and I, and I, I didn't, I read the first <laughs> chapter again and then I, this is blasphemous. I skipped around and just picked random like pages throughout all three books. I kid you not. And then read the final chapter of Rebel Dawn. There all that go. said, all that said, I, I think this is uh really fantastic. Again, I, I am biased. So that's probably why I'm scoring it so highly. I could see people walking away from this less satisfied than I was. But I think for me, one of the most impactful moments was actually the very end of Rebel Dawn. Mm. I thought things really wrapped up nicely there. Um, I think the very, very end, like the last page, uh, I remember it being a gut punch the first time that I read that, how the end is truly the beginning. And uh, and I think I'm going to I'm gonna say it's my favorite of the three. That's mm. cool. Rebel Dawn's your favorite of the three? I think so. Uh, well, you, you don't know for sure because you just skipped around a little bit. That is true. <laughs> I, I will say, I had a lower view of the trilogy when I joined Utini. And then I saw that this trilogy was scored top tier among mm-hmm. Legends books that Utini people had read at the time. So not the biggest sample size. However, very highly rated. And you had a really extensive comparison that you'd written for the site comparing the... AC Crispin trilogy to uh, solo a Star Wars story. You remember writing that? You know, like 2018. <laughs> I do. No, I genuinely I do remember it. Um, that was actually that was the piece that I wrote. I think to audition like for you, Tina. Like, I think that's something I wrote and sent to Corey to be like, "Hey, I like Star Wars too. <laughs> like, look, look how nerdy this is." Um, yeah, because they they actually did draw heavily on these books. Like, if you have not read one, only read the other, whichever way you go, you'll notice a lot of similarities. And they, there was like some pretty specific homage to AC Crispin herself in solo Star Wars story. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I have to find the link to that if it still exists and throw it up in the discord. (laughs) It's hard to know what has survived all these years on the site. And, uh, I've got to ignore you guys with your butt jokes. Oh my goodness. You're killing me. (laughs) Absolutely killing me now this is an amazing trilogy i'm really glad that i had the chance to reread it our the reason for us coming back to it and giving it the revisit is that our wonderful folks over in the discord we're doing a book club over this around the holidays and we said we're gonna do it and then none of us were able to keep up with the schedule however rick freddie and myself have since each finished the entire 
um, Han Solo trilogy. And Emily is either reading it or has already read it or will read it because we know for a fact that she got this for Christmas. Because her husband asked Corey, who asked us, what he should get her for Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a great you're welcome. Yeah, I love that. I love the cover to that. I'll never get tired of it. Yeah. And I hope you love it. Now, this is, as Charles said, it's that last chapter. I mean, it's got a massive heartbreak to it. It really does. Mm-hmm. I don't guess it's the last chapter. Close to the end of Rebel Dawn. This is one of the most heartbreaking Star Wars stories mm-hmm. in all of the expanded universe, and there's a lot of major character deaths yeah. in the expanded universe. By the way, it's going to be full spoilers for the Han Solo trilogy, so this is your, um, you know, cover your hut butts on the way out the door <laughs> kind of moment here. We're going to talk about the worst heartbreak of the series. Freddie, I'm going to start with you. Which one do you think is the knife to the gut moment of the trilogy? Oh man, this is tough. I mean. The the romance part of the whole thing is is really tough to watch, right? Uh, Bria and to me that was it, it was very heartbreaking to see Han Solo go through that. He to get I guess betrayed by someone you care about has got to hurt extra, and uh, it, it's funny because you know we talked about this last week, but. The relationship we were we were almost rooting for it, even though we knew the outcome of of who he was going to be with, mm-hmm. and who he was going to be happier with. But still, like it, it really tugged at your heartstrings to the point where, uh, you know, you you feel really bad for the guy, and you absolutely despise Bria for c- doing what she did. Right? Do you, you think the first or the second heartbreak with Bria is worse? For uh, you? This is tough, man. I mean, they're both. They both suck, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to lean toward the second one. How okay. about y'all? No, I'm saying first one. Yeah. First, the first one was a shocker for me, and because Han was so young and vulnerable and, and um, you know, it was really, really going out there for her, and then she just left him with a note, like breaking up over a note, man. Come on. And uh, All right. And somebody in the in the Discord said, this is what's especially bad about it. They said... This was especially a bad breakup because she said, um, I'm breaking up with you for you. It's better for you you. if I break up with (laughs) you. (laughs) The classic, if it's it's not me, it's It hurts. (laughs) Charles, put him on the spot. All right, take him to the one, Rick. You ever had a really bad heartbreak? Mm. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, funnily, funny enough, so I have my stack of books here. I'm not going to take you through this whole saga, uh, but I have my stack of books here. <clears throat> I have my original Rebel Dawn, like my Legends bannerless Rebel Dawn. Oh, yes. But my Hut Gambit and my uh, my Paradise Snare, they are bannered. And that uh. is because... That is because I lent books one and two to my ex-girlfriend and never got them back. I think she must have been inspired by Bria Theron. I, I don't know, because uh, she disappeared. <laughs> nice. Charles, congratulations. That is going to be preserved on the internet forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Charles, good one. ex-girlfriend, if you're out there, we Send want the book back. back. I still want, we want, we want Bring it back. back. <laughs> we do. And also, you can order your own copy at uh, utini.com. You click the Amazon link in the profile, and we get a few cents to help keep the lights on. Um, <laughs> who else wants to go on this? The the worst heartbreak of the series. Why is nobody saying the the crushed hut baby? That was that was rough. Yeah, that, that was graphic. Definitely. Um, I don't know. Huts. I think a lot of really awful things happen to huts <laughs> yeah. in these books. Honestly, yeah. so but true. the worst the worst heartbreak. Honestly, I'm gonna say, uh, what what was Bria's father's name? I can't remember now his his name, but uh, Mr. Theron. Yeah, yes, Mr. <laughs> Theron. When Han sends the message mm. to uh, Bria's dad just to let him know, was that in the last that, chapter? Oh yeah, <laughs> of course it was. I only have two chapters to pull off of here. Um, <laughs> it was in the last chapter. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. Any parental things mm. in in stories always just really kill me. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, oh, man. Now it's driving me nuts. I can't remember his name. I picture him as mustached. Yeah, a big mustached definitely man. Mustached. Definitely. Well, it's a heartbreaking series. Also, a very entertaining series. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, we're going to talk later about one of the, the wildest and wackiest moments of the trilogy. I'm interested to hear everybody's uh, favorite moment from the wild and wacky moments. One of the wild and wacky things I found out about the trilogy is the Lucasfilm intervention that messed the trilogy up. I want to hear your hot take on this, guys. One of the bigger debates concerning the series is the time jump that occurred between the Paradise Snare and the Hut Gambit. And I went back scrolling through the 1,000, 1,500 messages from the book club that we did over the holidays today instead of writing my research paper. Oh, man. Anyway, <laughs> uh, one of the big issues everybody in jumping from book one to book two said, did I miss something? Did I miss something? Did I miss something? Mm. How come we went from Han out on his own to instantly Han already buddy-buddies with Chewbacca? Do you guys know the history with all this? No. Yes, you, you ever heard this? This is crazy. I didn't know this till today. The reason that it's so jarring between book one and book two, there is no mention of Han meeting Chewbacca for the first time, mm-hmm. is because GL himself mm. said, save that for me. Don't do that in a book. I'm going to do something with it one day. Huh, interesting. And he never did. Lucasfilm specifically gave them the instruction to steer clear of Han mm. meeting Chewy. Wow. There you go. Interesting. Now, do you think do you think this is a moment that was that was destined to happen on screen? Hmm. Or do you think the trilogy would have been better for it? Well, I think knowing some a little bit of of kind of the drama and chaos that happened during the sale in order for George to basically get what he got, he had to write a few drafts of of movies that he was going to be you know that were in the works to say hey you're not only buying star wars you're buying star wars in these future films and i can't remember how many how many rough drafts there were and who knows what they actually were you know if if it had to do anything with with uh what we saw i i doubt but um you know if there was anything with han solo maybe that was what he got you know it, it we will Ultimately, truly never know until we break open those uh, Disney vaults. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I, yeah, I'd be interested to see if if he had any hand in, in, I guess, giving them the idea of how or why. You know, that's, that's a good question, though. It's a good moment. I do yeah. love the moment in Solo, a Star Wars story, how they first meet. Did like a whole devotional for the teenagers about it. <laughs> you know, one of those like, hey, we're going to make this about God moments. <laughs> uh, I made it about how... How Han doesn't see Chewie as a monster, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody, the, the guards are like, Chewie, you know, the, the thing down there, it's a monster. We're going to throw him to the beast. Mm. And Han gets down there and they become friends. And it's like how, mm. yeah, anyway, you get it. You could have right. gone with the whole <laughs> sin to slavery thing, you know, or slavery slavery to sin. That's the one. I get it backwards. Save that for my retreat that I'm doing right. this weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. absolutely. I'm going to bring real handcuffs that don't have a key to. <laughs> and oh now I probably shouldn't do that. that do you think? Do you? Th- yeah, it's gonna work out fine. Do you think that the trilogy would have been better to have Han meeting Chewie, or is it perfect as it is? Hmm, that's a good question. Or cohesive. Yeah, I know. It, Go ahead, Freddie. I feel like I feel like that story definitely deserves a treatment of its own. To to f- try to fit that storyline in this book, I don't think does the meeting justice, which is why I think George probably wanted that until he could figure out how how that epic moment was going to happen because they are two epic characters that have an epic moment, and you you can't just it deserves write its own that. book. It yeah. deserves its own book, and possibly even more than that, right? But right, um, yeah, I I don't think it would have done this if we had another book to reference it, right? Maybe it would have we would have known it already and just inserted our own our own head cannon into that book and you can still do that now right nothing's stopping you so mm-hmm. uh, sure yeah yeah, yeah I think it's a whole story in its own that's true what were you gonna say Rick? I was gonna say um, that it was jarring to me when I read it you know the transition from the end of um, Paradise Nair all of a sudden to hey good pal Chewy here so that definitely was um, was jarring. But yeah, I didn't have to have it. Like Freddie said, I'm okay without it. I wouldn't complain, you know, if if we were to have had it. That'd have been awesome. But I'm good without it. it but it definitely, you know, was a speed bump for me. You know, it also is a speed bump for a lot of people. Mm. 
all the hut lore. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of hut lore. This is the part of the show we did not warn Charles about where we're going to grill him on hut lore. Are you ready? Sex. Yes or Who's, no? <laughs> we're not going to do this, Charles. Don't worry. Okay, but all right. There are. <laughs> I just want to see you sweat. <laughs> sweat like a hut. There's two Ugh. primary clans. I did some research, all right? There's two primary clans called Kajitics. Now, I also did some of the speech to text with Kindle mm. for this, mm-hmm. so I had a robot reading me some of these books. So I got some weird pronunciations. It's not my fault. It's the robot's fault. Okay. <laughs> There's the Besadii Kajitic. Nope. And the <laughs> don't like and, that. And the Dasilogic Kajitic. Here's the difference between the two. The Basadii Kajitic has Arik and Durga. The Dasilogic Kajitic has Jabba and Jiliak. Here's another difference. The Basadii Kajitic. <laughs> This is really making my little speech impediment that I have. I've got a little stutter that comes out uh, sometimes. Me too, me too. The, good. the hut lore is really trying to bring that stutter out of me. All right, here we go. Yep. <laughs> the Basadii Kajitic has birthmarks on their faces. Mm. Yeah. They're into slavery and spice, mm. and they have a thing for human women. Mm. Do they? Yes. Okay. The, the Syllogic, <laughs> it's straight off the wook, all right? Okay. Uh, the Dasilogic Kajitic <laughs> are hairy, mm. and they like pod racing as a pastime. Okay. Awesome. Make them the good guys. But Jabba <laughs> likes likes his um, scantily clad ladies, too, so I feel like... He... Uh, okay, maybe I messed that up. I did, my, I did a lot of research no, on the no, Kajitics, man. There's, All right. there's a lot. It's, it's, it's definitely a lot of lore. You're welcome to look through the hut... <laughs> Wikipedia sorry, pages because man, there's a lot, a lot of weird <laughs> there, stuff. If there's weird. one pronunciation that I'm going to take exception with, Jared, out of all of that, it's that you don't call that one hut Eric. <laughs> Eric A R U K. It's for sure Eric the Hut. <laughs> the the robot says Eric. The robot says Eric. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I would have gone with Aruk, but uh, what do I know? <laughs> Freddie is scre- uh, Eric is screaming in the chat. Absolutely, absolutely <laughs> screaming at us. And this, if you're listening on audio, this is why you got to be here live for these shows. Enjoying the chat yourself. Which of the two Hut clans are you siding with when you read these? Did you have a team that you were kind of rooting for? Are you Team Basadii or Team Disillogic? Freddie, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm not even sure if I had have a side. Uh... It was. You want to see them all blow up on their own, <laughs> on their uh, their barge, their sail barge, barge, their sail yeah. barges. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, Jabba's the uh, the one we all know, but there's Durga the Hut, right? And then uh, now we've got Eric the Hut, uh, which Eric is now a Legends Hut. May may he rest in peace. <laughs> may he rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I have. I definitely don't have a side. I mean, I, I like. I love pod racing. So there you go. He's Team Dasilogic. There it is. Rick, Besadii or Dasilogic? Team Birthmarks or Team Harry Hutts? Uh, team Spice or Team's Pod Racing? <laughs> I say Harry Butts. I missed what you said. No, Harry Hutts. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. Um, I would go with the Dasilogic, um, but just barely. You know, it's again, you're losing. If you try to pick a side, you're losing either way. But the way yeah. that he's he's friendly to, to Han and gives him some jobs, and I, I thought that was interesting because, you know, in A New Hope, Han wants to kill Han. Uh, or, wow, Jabba <laughs> wants to kill Han. Han probably does too. And, um, and it's not good. So it's really cool seeing a total change in their dynamic that, yes. you know, yeah. he's super yeah. uh, protective of him, you know, and loves the guy. So that was fun. Um, and um, just want to say that slavery is bad. And so uh, definitely not friends of the Basadi um, Kajitic. I can't say this either. Basadi sounds like a rapper. Basadi. The problem is okay. Jabba also has slaves. <laughs> That's true. He just like isn't, from what I understand, is not as big of a dealer in the slave trade. Yeah, he didn't have colonies that were all killing themselves yeah. in the spice mines. You know, there's just a it lot makes... of dirty, I feel, with the, the... Basadi. The trilogy makes Jabba sympathetic. Yeah, it does. It makes it does. Jabba seems like the good guy. He's annoyed with his, the, with the kid. Who's got the kid? Um, Jiliak, right? Jiliak. Yeah, and th- there's so much of the trilogy of Jabba being annoyed <laughs> with the kid. I remember at one point I was listening 
while I was being annoyed with my kid. <laughs> and I was like, oh, me too, Java. Yeah. Java's just like me. Hold what on. Is this, <laughs> yeah. this isn't good. That's fair. <laughs> Charles, you want to weigh in on this one? I, I mean, I think you guys got it right. I think it's the Desilogy clan. Um, mostly because of Java, also because of pod racing. Mm. Um, and because, I mean, I think you see too much of like the horrors on Ulysia mm-hmm, to yeah. feel sympathetic towards the Basadi. Yeah, yeah, totally. Definitely. It, yeah. What was beautiful, though, was the hut fight. Oh, my gosh. Was that the most well constructed scene in the entire expanded universe (laughs) you know the the huts have a lot of warfare Mm -hmm. don't they i mean it seems like warfare is prevalent in their in their species in their i don't know there's always some some the 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 warfare book right that that warfare book i can't remember the name there's a lot of stories about huts a lot of hut hut warfare we get hut warfare here and it's great hut warfare i'm loving it people are gonna think this is a football podcast with all the hut (laughs) Oh man, I love when they hunt. <laughs> the football podcast. Eric's not even on the show. Well, we talked about him. He's a hut. He's absolutely. Hut. Now there's a moment where uh, oh, I can't keep these friggin' huts straight in my head. Who gets poisoned? Arik? No. I think that was uh Jillian. Jillian. No. no, it is Aruk Durga's it's, it's, uh Yeah. Gets yeah it's poisoned. Eric, the guy who went to Elysia. He got poisoned with the frogs, with right? With the yeah. frogs, yeah. right. Yeah. So they slowly put poison, trace amounts of hut-killing poison in the Nalatree frog snack aquarium. Mm, yes. <laughs> the snack aquarium. And Just put that on uh, utini.gifs, the snack aquarium. <laughs> I would buy it for sure. <laughs> Fill it full of Chex Mix. Yeah. Every time you walk by, just reach on in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> how would you assassinate a hut? got me thinking. How do mm. you take one of these bad boys down? Salt. Mm. Or girls, they're hermaphroditic. Can we, can we point out how horrendous this assassination was? This was not like he ate a bad frog and fell face first in his soup. Like, this was, was like dastard, a prolonged, like, yeah. he disintegrated from the inside out. Yeah. It was yeah. It was horrendous. <laughs> These are the kind of details that made this trilogy not just good, but great. Yeah. There was a lot of thought that went into how she would kill a hut. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. I think I think what's interesting about hut deaths <laughs> is they're most satisfying when, uh, when they're done, when they're killed in such a way that it uses their evil tendencies against them. Is, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So huts are always, they're fat and gross and eat, <laughs> eating, like, just, they're gluttons, right? Yeah, they're gluttons. Yeah. yeah. And so this hut was killed with his gluttony. Jabba is killed by the very chains that he put around Leia, right? So mm. there's always like this poetic Preach. justice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, hut justice, now, here we now, go. hold on. That said, <laughs> how I would kill a hut for sure <laughs> Is I would just sneak a thermal detonator into the pot of frogs. Oh yeah, there you and go. then they they you've seen Jabba pop those things. He's not looking at what he grabbed. Mm. He would just swallow that thing, and then I would I would I would blow it up with like a remote of some kind. Because mm. you know is... huts on the outside are gross, but imagine huts on the inside. Mm. This is better content than I ever could have <laughs> imagined producing. I just love that we got Charles to say on our show. What's interesting about hut deaths is <laughs> <laughs> how else, guys? We can we can strangle a hut. All right, you can blow a hut up. I got you for can you. poison a hut. Yeah, here we go. Uh, I've been I've been brushing up my hutties. So um, first, I would approach this hut and I would say "Kappa Tonka," which means uh, <laughs> hands up. And um, <laughs> then I would say "Move a debunky reslagwa." Which is turn around real slowly, <laughs> and uh, let's see, you um, wanka, you gotta pay for that or something like that, <laughs> and uh, then I would have been oh sung peach ale, it's too late, and then I would have gone uh, biblical. I'm left-handed, so I'd have pulled out my my left-handed uh, lightsaber and stabbed him in the gut like Ehud. In the gut. Yeah. There you go. And the fat I'm assuming you're a Sith up. if this is happening, right? This sounds very Sithy to me. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> it took a turn. It definitely yeah. took a turn. Uh, 
I like it, Rick. It it uh, it definitely reminds me of my very favorite line, the entire Star Wars trilogy, mm. when Bib Fortuna looks straight at the camera and goes, Tewanawanga. <laughs> <laughs> hey, watch your mouth. I know. I know. Hey, watch your mouth. <laughs> All right. Uh, we could rein it in. This trilogy is crammed full of some of the wildest moments in the entirety of the expanded universe. Guys, we're going to go around the horn, and I want to hear your pick. What is your favorite mm. wild and wacky moment of the Han Solo trilogy? Uh, let's start this time with Charles. Oh, man. My favorite wacky moment? This is tough. This is tough. Uh, I I think I just... I want to choose all of what happened on Elysia. Like, I think just the fact that there were, like... I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase this. There were like alien priests who like shimmied in such a way that their vibrations shimmied <laughs> made people drug addicts. Yeah. I mean like ha- what am I even saying? But it's what happened in the book. Like That's if right. you read the book you know what I'm saying is true. Mm-hmm. Um what what is that? like how how did that pitch happen and like get okayed? <laughs> Yeah, that's a great question. We can't ask AC Crispin. May she rest in peace. But congratulations on pulling this off. It was a hut heist that we needed to have happen. Yeah, hut heist. Man, that's another good phrase. Absolutely. It's the, the what I like to call the good vibrations. That's Charles's pick. <laughs> Rick, you're up next. Your and don't please don't give your pick in Hutties. Oh man. <laughs> um. Echuta. Actually, that's what I was going to go with is uh, the expletives, man. There's some great expletives. Yeah, you, you've got in the notes, um, minions of Zendor. That's a great one. And uh, I also like by the emperor's bones. I think the, black bones by the emperor's black bones. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of really good uh, like, let's see, Kark. I think Karkin comes up a few times and Hut Spawn. Um, a lot of good stuff. But that that's what I thought was fun. Um, the expletives. Yeah, okay. the expletives. <laughs> I love the expletives. The, the minister <laughs> likes the expletives. It, it It is good to have some euphemisms does, so yes. that you don't have to say real swear words. Yeah. I use by the emperor's black bones today. <laughs> today. I have already used it today. The struggle is uh, real. Freddie, you're up next. Favorite wild and wacky moment. Uh, let's see. It, this book is full of wild and wacky moments from from the disintegration of a hut to the pleasure parties uh for the slaves <laughs> mm. it, it it's honestly a wild ride but the the one thing I'll never forget in this book is it, it are those pleasure parties and having to explain that to somebody you know like it is oh, really what happens in that to book try to explain well, that yeah uh these things <laughs> i'm going to use Charles's word, uh, they shimmy in a way that just makes me feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me feel things. I'm stuck between a couple of choices. Either some of the ship names, really good naming conventions all around AC Crispin. Well done. Mm. Well done. The, the, the expletives are good. The planet names are good. You got Narheka. Yeah. One of my very favorite (laughs) planets. The, the ship names, here's a couple from the like the smugglers on Nar Shaddaa when they do the, the big planetary battle. She just lifts off a bunch of these goofy ship names. The Take That, that's a good ship name. And the Too Late Now, <laughs> too late now. <laughs> that's another good one they as sound well. like candy bars from the 90s. <laughs> I would eat it. Yeah. I'd get that out of it, Easter Egg. Or as uh, SNL called it the other day, Warm Halloween. I would totally. <laughs> warm it, but I think my very favorite little detail in the entire trilogy I'll never not see this. Is the fact that huts have pouches? Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They have pouches like a kangaroo. Yeah. So Y'all gross. ever seen the inside of a kangaroo's pouch? You know, I did is once, that... and that was the last time I ever wanted to think about it. <laughs> is this like <laughs> it's on, weird stuff? Is this a common experience that people have? I've never been asked this question before in my life. <laughs> don't Google it, Rick. Don't go, don't <laughs> well, Google. Don't watch enough now. nature documentaries, Rick. Oh, really. I, I love. I'm some warning nature. you. Dog. Don't Google it. It it's weird. All right, I had imagined this that hut pouches are worse. Now, Charles, you are the king of Easter eggs, at least on the Living Force. Do you accept this title? On the Living Force, I'll take it. What is the best Easter egg in the Han Solo trilogy? It might be the most Easter egg rife 
Star Wars trilogy oh, totally. in the entire expanded universe. Well, so I'm going to take my my crown off as king of the Easter eggs and lay it at y'all's feet because I am I probably only pick up like half of the ones in these books, if that. <laughs> I like I'd be lucky to pick those up. So you know what I'm going to say? The best Easter egg in this book. I'm, it's it's a cop out, but I'm going to tell you it was Obi Wan Kenobi because <laughs> he's in this book. Is that not even it. in my list of Easter eggs? He's in this book. Hmm. He's the best Easter egg. Yeah. Surprise. Charles just helloed there an Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> reference on our show. You thought we were done talking about him. Did <laughs> I did. I love it. <laughs> he is. Now, where's he come up? Is, is it uh, at the end with the whole. It's, it's, it, I'll give you a hint. It's in one of the two chapters that I read. <laughs> You're 50 That's 50 awesome. here. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, uh, Freddie. Favorite Easter egg? Yeah, well, we had a lot of cameos. By the way, we had over two thousand Easter eggs at church on Sunday. So <laughs> oh wow. my! You better goodness. not disappoint here. Well, I've, I've got seen a, a lot of Easter eggs in the last few days. Tell. There's uh, these are rabbits on my shirt. Nice. Oh. It's supposed to be rabbits, at least. There you go. <laughs> Little hopping rabbits everywhere. Um, Just keep them away from each other. Safe distance. Well, I mean, I definitely liked seeing or you know getting the uh, Bail uh, Organa cameo, and I know that's something that. Uh, our buddy Eric loves so that having a Bail Organa cameo is always a good thing. Uh, it solidifies um, just how important he is to the story, and and it gives Eric a, a reason why he should love him even more. <laughs> I audibly gasped when I got to Bail Organa. Yeah, I me did. too. <laughs> I, you know what? I that would never exciting. have gasped if it wasn't for the progression of of Bail Organa becoming this kind of superhero ish kind of guy, right? I mean, he saved. Obi-Wan when Obi-Wan was in in pain because of the dark side right and for him to just carry this guy with him how many miles I don't remember it was it's insane it's insane so having a Bail Organa yeah having Bail Organa pop up is definitely one of the best things he's become one of the the Mount Rushmore heads of (laughs) Utini yes you got got Bail Organa and Jackson and Cornhorn who you think is the fourth one Hmm. Just Corey. Zeltron. Just Corey. <laughs> Corey. We'll come back Zeltron. to it. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll come back. Uh, I'm going to say maybe maybe Vima Deboda, that creepy old Jedi <laughs> woman from Tales of the Jedi and Dark Empire. Hmm. She, you, can't, you can't keep her down. She just keeps coming back. Yeah, when you think she's dead. She's still there. <laughs> she, I think. I think uh, I looked her up one time. There is no canonical death for her in Legends, hmm. so she's in canon. She, Make it happen, she, Charles. She, no, not <laughs> Vima Devota. She's. She, oh, she's something else. That's for sure. All right, Rick. What's your choice for best Easter egg of the trilogy? Um, I'm trying to go through what were what were Han's other girlfriends in Hut Gambit. Um, Zaveri the Illusionist. Oh, okay. that's She's right. The illusionist. <laughs> she was cool. It was who is the other one? Yeah, I don't remember her name. It's okay. There's a there's another girl character in. Uh, oh, 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 Shala. Shala is that it or Sala? Sala? Is it Shala? Yeah. Okay. Is she in Dark Empire? Yes. Okay. That I like. I was just like I was just reading that, and so when I saw that, I was like, "Hold up, is that the same?" And then also Mako's in there, I think. Um, and so those connections blew my mind because I was like reading them, you know, back to back. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Yes. There's a lot of connection to dark empire. Salazind. Yes. Correct. Okay. Okay. Very good. Good pull. Proud of you. That wasn't even on my list. Very good. Thanks. So we gotta, we gotta close it out. It's been a good show. I've enjoyed it real quickly. How does the trilogy stack up against Solo, a Star Wars story? Obviously, we talked about the fact that it it homages the trilogy a lot. Do you think that the trilogy becomes more interesting because of the film? Or does the film upstage the trilogy and render it kind of obsolete? I'm going to go with the first because I love Legends. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not obsolete because my headcanon has both of these stories happening in my head around the same time. It just happens, right? Uh, and just Kira, make it work. Kira to me is just another one that failed under Han's uh, young life, yeah. <laughs> along with yeah. another one of his girlfriends. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So you know he's always he, he's dating an illusionist, uh, <laughs> a rebel, a a a rebel uh, insurgent, I guess you could say, uh, a a queen slash general slash uh, whatever whatever else she is, and then an illusionist. I mean, 
Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the Holy Trinity. Holy Trinity. <laughs> Charles, is it? Uh, does it hold up because of the the film, or does the film kind of you know brush this off to the wayside? No, I think these play nicely together. Like as the canon junkie here, I would definitely not say this trilogy is obsolete. I mean, I still love this. I really did enjoy talking about it tonight, revisiting the parts that I could. And um, I think what this trilogy has going for it that the movie doesn't, and unfortunately may never, is that this is a complete origin story. Like you got the beginning, the middle, and the end here. And we're pretty unlikely, it feels like at this point in time, to get that with the canon story. Uh, And then beyond that, again, like the movie, it pulled heavily from these books. There There are some at least plot points we'll say that were directly lifted from this book. Um, and again, I can't remember the exact Easter egg that was in solo star Wars story, but there's a direct, like a direct nod to Crispin, like her actual name. And, uh, and I will have to find that and see if I can throw it in the discord or something. So that movie partly ex- exists or I'll say stands on the shoulders of this trilogy. Mm. Oh, I like that. Stands on the you know, stands on the I'm gonna, slimy shoulders. I'm going to leave this Absolutely. one last thing with Charles, uh, and you will not, I repeat, will not get the amount of hut lore that you got in this book in canon. Maybe <laughs> that's the that's, biggest. That's true. That's the reason it only made three hundred twenty-eight million dollars in theaters is not enough hut lore. Well, uh, our listeners also loved this trilogy in fact we had a lot of good banter about the trilogy in the han solo trilogy book club and uh, today i put out the call said hey let me know what you think about the trilogy we'd love to hear your thoughts read live on the show so we're gonna go around the horn guys and uh, each take a turn reading a comment i'm gonna start off with skuma joe skuma joe said one of my favorite parts of the trilogy are bria's final moments it's heart-wrenchingly sad how seeing how her and han's final meeting ended with her romance forever left hanging without the conclusion Mm -hmm. either of them longed for but she dies knowing that she made the right decision by betraying han and she faces her death with confidence and courage she was such a great character with her own girls her own goals and desires and by the end i never felt she was simply han's girlfriend beautifully beautifully said beautifully said absolutely Mm -hmm. follow-up comment i also really love the way crispin weaved the daily and smith trilogies into her story definitely definitely rick tell us what trev thought um Trev said, for me, it's got to be the use of the same dialogue during the Skyhook mission as we see uh, in the NPR radio script. I did not pick up on that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to do a closer examination. Freddie, how about Maggie? Yeah, Maggie. Uh, I love the way he relates not just to Chewie, but to Wookiees in general. Him growing up with the Wookiee caretaker and then meeting Chewie and working with him to help the Wookiees on Kashyyyk later on. Chewie and Han are my faves, and I was a kid, so that was uh, when I was a kid. So that was always been my favorite part. Honestly, that's uh, seeing seeing the relationship there uh, with with Han and, and Chewbacca as well. It's it is fantastic. Uh, good job, Maggie. It's a beautiful Great. thing. It's beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Comment, yeah. And Charles, take Jordan's. Yeah, Jordan says reading the trilogy for the first time in 2021. I love making the comparisons to canon solo. And one of my favorite moments is probably at the end of Rebel Dawn when we essentially get the Legends version of the Rogue One story. I wasn't expecting that, but I was very pleased. Another favorite part about this trilogy for me is just Crispin's overall respect for the material that came before, even including time gaps to incorporate other material into her story. It's brilliant. And Charles, tell us what the good folks can do on Monday night. Yeah, so Monday night, any Monday night, you can come hang out with us on The Living Force, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, This Monday, we just switched up our show idea today. We were going to do another one of our drafts, which we've done a bunch of. We decided instead to talk about how do you basically maintain reading in Star Wars over time? Because we all have busy lives. We all kind of... Uh, take in these stories in different ways, audiobooks, physical, you know, what have you. How do we keep up that momentum? Because it's tough. And so we want to dedicate some time to that. Oh, cool. Oh, I love that. Jared oh, beats me I've up a lot if of I thoughts. don't read. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I've never even been in the same state with you, Freddie, but that's going to change in two weeks. I'm knocking on your door. He sends you Nala tree frogs. Kappa Tonka! <laughs> yeah, don't touch the Nala tree frogs. Don't touch them. Well, very excited. And then Wednesday nights, you've got the Cosmic Forest, and we will be back next week, hopefully, with the reunion with our good friend, Emily, hoping to have her back. Um, fingers crossed. Hot tails whatever. Well, that does it for this week. Thanks for joining us on Legends Look Back. Thanks especially to Charles for guesting here with us. Glad to have you. I know as a doctor, you know, your time is very valuable, but never the more valuable than when we're talking to Hut lore, am I right? Mm. <laughs> ask me ask me back, and I'll, I'll come back in three years' time. All right, that'll be our pattern. <laughs> three no, years. No, seriously, you thanks for having Clone me, guys. Wars, the Clone Wars uh, episode. Yeah. We did no, the I've, Tartakovsky. Yeah, no, I've been around. I'm just messing with you. I always have fun hanging out with you guys. Um, Legends, it, it is it's fun. I like dipping my toe in the Legends side of things every now and then. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you also to our incredible patrons. We love the fact that you help us make the show. And glad you're along for the ride. Special thank you to OK Indar, Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on the Jedi High Council, as well as Matt Billington, Elizabeth Cloutier, Freddie C., and Frally. Frally, sorry, Sally. <laughs> Sally and Chris Eilerson on the Alliance High Command. Remember, everybody, to sub to the channel if you're watching on YouTube. Leave us a review in your podcast platform of choice, unless you're driving down the road, in which case, please pull over safely. It, but then please do it before you finish your trip. Also, if you'd like your thoughts read on the show, you can email us at legendslookbackutini.com. You can send us a message in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. You can leave us a comment on this episode on YouTube. Or you can find us on Twitter at Legends Look Back. Uh, I'm at Jared Humes. Freddie. At Wake Up Freddie. Rick. At Rick underscore Grace. And Charles. At C. Hankel. Beautiful. If you're looking to buy some of these books, such as The Paradise Near, The Head Gambit, or The Rebel One, what is it? Rebel, Rebel Dawn. Rebel Dawn. Dawn. <laughs> Nailed it. You can go on over to utini.com, click the Amazon link in the profile, or you can leave us a review after you've read the books. Let us know what you think about that hut lore. Remember, everybody, to keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. May the force be with you. This is a Utini broadcast. <laughs>